Hey, welcome back to another episode of That's the Truth. This is episode number five, and our goal is to learn and grow together and get one step closer in becoming who God has intended us to be so we can effectively make an impact in everything that we do. I'm glad to have you back. Today is a special episode. I am joined by two of the most amazing people that I know, and I have the privilege to work alongside them every week in a church setting in planning and so much more and i've invited them in today to talk about um, their skill set their creativity and how they go about that and today i have with me my wife debbie gallegos and i also have jeremy jimenez and it's going to be an exciting episode and we're going to be talking about some very interesting things that i hope will bring a lot of value to a lot of us so Debbie, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your day-to-day basis and uh, what all you're involved with. Well, hello. I'm just excited to be here with you guys. Um, as far as my day-to-day basis, well, I'm a mom. I have two boys, so that gets my creativity going at 100 probably all the time with them, having to be creative and upbeat with them. I also am part of the kids department the preteens and the youth department at our church. So that's always, you know, needing the creative mindset for them to, you know, move forward with new ideas, new ways to engage, you know, these different age groups. As far as um, media, I've helped out in the media department at our church for a few years. I've done it since I was about 16 years old. And I mean, Kids Church as well. I've done it for over 15 years now. So. Those are my day-to-day things that I do for the church, but overall at my personal time, I do have my own small business that I have to constantly be creative in. It sounds like you have your hands full for sure. I get to see it firsthand, so I know for sure that you are always tied up with something. Jeremy, tell me a little bit about um, what you're involved with, uh, with the church. I know you do quite a bit as well. And I also have the privilege to work alongside you and uh, see it on a week-to-week basis. Hi, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and pumped to be a part of it. Um, My week-to-week basis is I work a full-time job, eight to five. I work at a pain management clinic um, here in Houston. And also I'm very involved in my local church. Um, I do... Sometimes uh, some of the media graphics, social media graphics, um, I work alongside with the youth sometimes. I try to focus more on the main side of the church, um, the older people. Um, And now, um, I don't know if many of y'all know, but I do photography. But now I do um, a coffee pop-up little shop that I started. So I have my hands full um, for this coming up year. Um, And I do find myself very creative. Um, and I think keeping myself busy, um, does, you know, help my creative side come out a bit and, uh, keeping myself busy. But yeah. So you have your hands full as well, and you have a lot of space to where you can maximize your creativity. So Debbie, tell me a little bit about the early days and when did you discover the ability to be able to create, um, in, in, in a church setting? And, and behind a computer, creating graphics and working with uh, a projector. And uh, tell me a little, bit, a little bit about that. So I started at um, 
about 16 years old, I started working with the World Presenter Program. Back then, we started with PowerPoint. We had to create every slide, and then we were introduced to this awesome new software called ProPresenter. And I don't know if it had been out for a while now, but we were new to it, and it was just amazing to learn it. Um, I started at the same time working with children, but I don't think that really sparked my own creativity till I was a little older. I think um, all that was all that time was a good investment in that, but I think I started to see my creative side a, a lot older. I guess once I started to mature more, I think. It just was a good start to that. Jeremy, also right now, the way that social media is, is projected, the way that uh, media graphics is projected in the church, it's changed a lot from back when she started and to what it is now. Tell me a little bit about what you see now, what your perspective and your view is from where you are. Well, um, something that Debbie did mention is um, a lot of us did start with uh, PowerPoint. Um, when we started pastoring in, back in 2013, we didn't have the money or the resources to get pro presenters. So we had to start with PowerPoint. And so with PowerPoint back then, we had to, <laughs> we had to use that as graphics, you know. So if we had to post something on Instagram or Facebook, we would use PowerPoint for, you know, graphics as Adobe, um, Photoshop. So PowerPoint did play a, a lot of that back then. Um, but no, I think now there's a lot more resources nowadays than to there was back then. Um, and I think honestly, it's, it's, there's a lot more resources that you can use from your mobile phone, your laptop, your iPad. It doesn't really matter, but now you're hands-on to every, um, application now. I'm probably going to get off and give off my age a little bit, but I remember back before YouTube was a thing before definitely social media was a thing. And then now churches are really using that platform to uh, outreach and get uh, the, the church noticed in their communities and their neighborhoods. And that is a great resource as well. But as far as the creativity goes and getting a, an effective graphic, an effective image out there, not only on social media, but bring it back into inside the church, you know, what the, what the visitors see, what the people see and getting that up on the screen. Do you feel that this um, level of creativity can continually improve over time? Um, yes. Now, I know a lot of churches that do not have the resources or the money for graphics and for the, um, you know, pro presenter or projectors. And, you know, that's just secondhand. Uh, but if you do have it, I strongly encourage you to, you know, use what you have and use it for, for good. And it, it catches the eye of a visitor or someone just visiting your church from a different church. Debbie probably, probably remembers alongside me with the, uh, the old school projectors with the lamp. <laughs> you remember yes, those days? Yes, we don't have to go that far back. Come too far on. back? Too, too far. far back? I don't think I remember those. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, don't, I don't remember those either. No, I don't think you were born with those. The, they, they had the, the huge lamp and it was awkward and then you had this big old box and uh, the, the, you had the, um, the, 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 what is, what is that called? The, 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 the laminate. 
I forget. But anyway, that's too far back. Yeah, I but, don't remember that. So today, how do you intentionally improve on the graphics on a week-to-week basis? How do you analyze that and say, you know what, I want to make that better. I want to make that more effective or, or I want to make that to where it stands out more. How do you improve on your creativity if, um, if you're intentionally working on it? I think just keeping, a, keeping an observant eye at everything else that's going on on media, that really gives you an inspiration to kind of move forward and, and, and try new images, try new styles of things. Um, Jeremy mentioned PowerPoint. And it's funny because we'll give our age out just by saying this, but we didn't have uh, Photoshop and we didn't have Canva or that app. I'm not sure what it's called, but like we didn't have all of these different apps and um, gadgets and things. So we used Word, we used PowerPoint, and I'm still a big Word. Transparencies. I remember what it was. Oh my goodness. Transparencies. <laughs> Yeah. I don't remember that Transparency. That, that was a big thing. No, but yeah, like we didn't have any of these applications that we can use. We didn't couldn't create flyers off of our phones. I mean, our, our kick switch, our kicks, or what were those phones from T-Mobile that we used to have, the switch or kicks or something like that. You didn't, you weren't able to create, you know, these flyers and these, you know, posts from your phone. So we used Word and PowerPoint and we created whatever it was, but now we have so many different applications and so many different programs that makes it easy for us to just, you know, get inspired to create something better for our church and for our, for our, yeah, for our church, I guess. Jeremy, the possibilities are endless nowadays with so many apps. Technology is it's peaking at its extreme and so many options at your fingertips. How do you continually improve or intentionally improve your creativity? How do you get better? I think by not being afraid (laughs) to um, try new things. Um, I think a lot of us focus so much on what the people are going to think about it and will this work for me? And I think if you don't try it out, then it's never going to, you know, be a thing on your social media Mm. or because I've had, you know, many times where I'll do a simple graphic and people are like, Hey, who did this graphic? And I'm like, oh, I thought it was an ugly graphic. Like, I didn't think this was going to actually be nice. But if you're not afraid to start, you know, doing and just posting or putting up a different font on your uh, projector screen or having even a second opinion, I know um, Debbie and I have, I've told her, um, hey, what do you think about this? Does this look nice on um, for Pastor Jay's preaching or Pastor Jimenez is preaching? And She'll be like, uh, I don't think that font's good. It doesn't catch my eyes. Okay, well, let's change it. Let's see what we have to do. A second opinion always works. So being honest with each other, I think that's huge. And I think that's what yes. I feel from, from both of you. You're open enough to say, hey, you know what? I'm transparent to say, what do you think about this? I want your opinion. I want your honest feedback. And then being able to take it and take them back to the drawing board and say, you know, we need to fix this. That's awesome. I love that insight. How do you... Um, Take me a little bit through your creative process, you know, uh, to get in the proper mindset. You know, you're sitting on a Saturday night. You're trying to put the slides together for the next day for Sunday morning or Sunday evening. Take me through the creative process and how you get into the proper mindset to uh, put something nice out there. Well, first, lots of coffee. (laughs) If y'all don't know, we're heavy coffee drinkers here. What's your favorite cup? 
Well, I like just standard espresso, and then I'll just add like whole milk or with vanilla, which is a vanilla latte for the ones that don't know. But that's my go-to, a vanilla latte. We go through a lot of coffee in these houses. Yes. And I think that's what gets us going a lot of times. <laughs> do, y'all both, do y'all both have it before church? Um, not me, because I do work. I do sing. Uh, I do worship lead, so right. it's bad for you to have coffee before you sing. But oh, is I it? Could. Yes. Does it, very... does it affect your uh, vocal cords? Yes. Or, uh... Any caffeine can affect your vocal cords. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Or before you preach. Mm. Yes. Maybe I should stop drinking coffee before I <laughs> preach. I got to have it. I got to have my four shots. I know. I know. Hey, I know there's preachers that have like Sprites or like an espresso drink before, but you do your thing. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that out and see how that, yeah. how that changes it. What do, you, what do you like to have on a Sunday morning? I have four shots of espresso, a little bit of white mocha, and a little bit of milk. Got to have the coffee. <laughs> yes. Got to have the coffee. I don't know. I can't, I can't see myself going into um, speaking in front of everyone without my shot of caffeine. But take me through the creative process. Maybe on a Friday night, Saturday night, you're getting ready for Sunday. What does that look like? Well, um, for instance, um, I tried to get our pastors to send our, their title um, the night before. So I think preparing myself, I do think of it a lot. What kind of project, uh, what can I project for the congregation? Um, for instance, let's say we have the title, um, you know, something about David and Goliath. Do we want to put a, a giant and a smaller person? Um, I think that's very old school now. Um, it used to be very, you know, oh, let's talk about love. Let's put a big old heart. You know, it's kind of old school, but I think it's still very needed to do that. Um, kind of put your backgrounds and your fonts to kind of match what the pastor is going to be talking about or the preacher, what he's going to be talking about. I love the mix that we have at the church because I feel like we have a combination of old school and that's no disrespect. <laughs> that's just, that's just what it is. You know, I'm old school. Even when I was younger, I was old school just because of my upbringing. But I love the combination that we have with old school and new school. And you combine that together. And I think there's just special things that happen on a week to week basis. So, Debbie, is there an on and off switch to creativity? Do you just hit it on demand? Because I know that when you're not involved with the graphics in the church, you're doing things for Tiny Dapper and you're putting things on shirts and you're putting things on images and uh, on just anything. And is there an on and off switch where you can just have a shot of coffee and turn it on? Or how does that work? The most of my on moments are like those late night coffee drinks and I can't go to sleep and reading just didn't do it for me. So I'm sitting up creating something, coming up with some kind of design. But I think the on and off switch is, is it's not there. I don't think we have, I don't think I have that. I think it's just like this spark of inspiration. And if I have something where I want to create something or I want to, I have an idea in my head, I have to put it on paper. I have to put it on a computer. I have to digitize it. I have to do something about it as quickly as possible. Cause then I, I end up not doing anything with it and I end up losing it. So most of the time, you know, if I get inspired by something or I think of something, I want to create it. I want, I'll stay up and do what I have to do until it's finished until I've created it or until I've completed what I want it to do. I mean, if there's a different areas, you know, because 
And like planning events, you know, for example, if you're planning an event and you're trying to come up with like, you know, some kind of idea that obviously that takes a lot longer, but for those few days until that event happens, until that complete setup, until the service is over, until that actual event is complete. I don't think my mind rests until that day is over. Yeah. I would assume that the creative process is different for everyone, whether it be in church ministry or in a business. It has to be different for everyone. Do you feel or do you require some source of inspiration to kind of get you started if you're just kind of flatlining or just drawing blanks? Like, do you look for something or what would that be? Well, I do definitely Google some stuff. Um, I think inspiration is looking at different churches. Um, for instance, um, I like to look at uh, First Church of Pearland for inspiration, Royalwood Church. Um, Centro Vida in California. I think seeing these bigger churches that have been open for years and having such amazing creatives there working um, can actually help us out, even as a small church. Um, but Debbie did say um, about just creating all the time. And I think us as creatives, we don't have an off switch because um, it can be at 12 at night and I'm already thinking, okay, what do we have to do for March? Okay, are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Let's let's do this on a Friday night. Let's do that for the young people. Let's do this for the marriage, uh, for the people that are married. Um, so I think creativity doesn't have an off switch. I mean, even on family vacations, we're always talking about, and you guys are my witnesses, we're always talking about an event for the church. Let's do this for the church. And we're always working. So I feel like as a creative, we don't have an off switch. And that's exactly how I see both of y'all. And I admire y'all so much for that because I see y'all both as extreme creatives and I'm more of a curious person instead of a creative. So that's probably why I'm here asking more questions <laughs> than I am creating things. But I see you guys as extreme creatives. And what do you do in a moment where like you're just getting an overflow of ideas and you're just getting bombarded with your head? It's keeping you up at night. Do you reach for a notepad? Do you reach for your phone? Do you put it in your laptop? Or what do you do with these ideas? Most of the time it's my phone. I mean, that's the easiest thing to, to grab. It's the easiest thing. To, I mean, it's the most accessible thing. You have it in your hand most of the time. So I think my phone is usually, you know, the thing that I, that I will grab quickly. We'll look Google search. Obviously Google is like life all the time. And so, I mean, just search image, search design, search, you know, ideas, quotes, whatever comes to my mind. You know, it's usually like my Google tabs are probably embarrassing because there's so many of them open at all times. And I feel like that's what my brain really works with because we have so many things going on at once. And it's, it's just, I think we, I file it away in my notes and on my iPhone. So what do you do with your overflow of ideas, Jeremy? Um, so I've, I'm caught in myself <laughs> getting many ideas once I'm going to bed. <laughs> so what I've been doing is catching myself, catching myself, sorry, I'm wording everything wrong. I'm catching myself, um, doing a voice memo. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have done that, but I do a voice memo and I'm like, okay, I like this event. Okay. Do this flyer with this certain graphic. And I use a lot of voice memos. I will type it, but sometimes, you know, you're just tired. so. I'll just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to voice memo it and I'll work on it in the morning when I'm too sleepy. Now, if it's something in the daytime, I'm going to be honest. I work on graphics at work <laughs> or I have an idea. I'll do it during my lunchtime or whenever I can, but I try to write it down as soon as possible. 
Are you like me where you can't, you can't move on with the day until that idea is completed, until that flyer is done, until that image is set up? We're, we're like that. Yeah. So that, that's something, um, recently I was asked, um, to do a flyer for a women's conference and I was in clinic and I said, um, I need to do this very fast. <laughs> Could I, ha- I had it cause I had inspiration. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, this and this. And if I move on, then I'm going to get lazy and I'm not going to find the inspiration anymore. Like, I don't think I'm not going to get the graphic that I wanted in that time. So I had to do it right away. So you've been doing that for quite a long time. It didn't start at the church. It didn't start with making flyers. How, how, how did that start for you? Um, so my creative side, I think I figured it out, uh, <laughs> when I was around like eight or nine, um, I've always been the type to throw myself my own birthday party. Um, I don't wait on anyone. <laughs> I'm like, if you guys are not going to throw me anything, I have a vision. Right. I want to do this and I'm going to go for it. So I think that's where I found myself being very creative. And even at the age of 12, I started my photography business. I was 14 years old. Wow. So I was 14 years old having my first wedding and planning and doing all this stuff and charging like <laughs> what a wedding would charge. Like, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think at a very young age, I started knowing and figuring out who I was in the creative side. I always forget that you were that young when you started picking up a camera and started, you know, messing around with the graphics and yeah. the pictures and getting involved with that. And, um, that I, I didn't even realize that. We always forget how, how old you really are. Well, I'm 20 now. <laughs> now you're 20. I'm 20. Um, but yeah, I was 14, I, well, 12 when I got my first camera. Um, my cousin actually from the RGV area in the south of Texas. Martha, if you're watching this, hi. Uh, if you're seeing this or hearing this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I one day I said, hey, I want to start photography. I want to see um, if I can do it. and. By the age of 14, I was already doing weddings and I was doing um, maternity shoots, family shoots. And at a very young age, I mean, I was with a contract already doing weddings and big events. And yeah. (laughs) So in a moment that you're getting an overflow or this plethora of ideas, how do you select and how do you edit what actually makes the cut? I think it has to do with like, I try to, I try to see what resources I have available. You know, it's, for example, um, kids, anything that has to do with kids church or like a big kids event. I try to see what's, what's our budget, what's the resources, what do I have available and what can I make happen out of that? So that's usually, you know, the first thing that I do, I do kind of put everything, let's see what, Let's see what we got, how much muscle we have, how many people are available. You know, that kind of thing goes into, takes a, we, I take that very, very into consideration. And then from there, it just goes, you know, just what vision, what are we going for? What is the idea? You know, because, I mean, for example, we had an under the sea part of VBS weekend where we, de- we just decorated the whole building. Like if you were under the sea, but there's so many different styles of under the sea that you can't like, oh, you know, just grab every single style. Like you have to like select, you know, what style, what color, you know, palette you're going for and just continue on from there. So it just depends on, you know, your resources that you have and, you know, see what you can do with that. In your case, Jeremy, how do you select 
what makes the cut and what happens to the rest? So for me, in my case, I think, especially because I do more of, you know, the um, graphic designing and some events, um, I always think to myself, will this benefit what we're going to do? Will it benefit our church? Will it benefit the people? Um, I know, for instance, we started um, first Sunday of every month and we invite, you know, visitors and we do a big old blowout service. Um, and I remember talking to the pastors and saying, hey, let's start first Sunday, which in Spanish is Primer Domingo. And let's, you know, envision and see what we can do. Now, will this benefit the church? Will it not? And um, we tried it. If it felt, then, you know, then we keep going. And if it didn't, then we keep doing it first Sunday. And it was really fun. It was really fun. I think if if it benefits the whatever you're doing, whether it's an event, a graphic, you know, a PowerPoint slide, whatever, will it benefit? Will it look good? Would it uh, have a good turnout? That's one of the things that fascinates me about creativity is being able to envision something and make it come to life. You know, would you agree that that's a little bit of how the process starts, being able to envision it first and seeing it in your head? Do you ever have a problem with not seeing it clearly and struggling to, you know what you want to, you know what you want the end to be, but you're struggling to bring it to life? Oh yeah. Many times. I think many times we've had events or in my case, even I, for my graduation senior year of high school, I envisioned one, you know, this is my color palette. This is what I want. And it went the total opposite. But then at the end of the day, it was like, okay, I, you know, I stuck with what I wanted. Did it come out the same way? No, it didn't. But I had to follow through and say, okay, it's fine. We can move on forward with it. You know, everybody's different. And I'm me personally, I'm such a perfectionist. You know, if I'm trying to create something, I'm trying to write something or I'm trying to write a, a blog post and I will probably erase or if it was, if I'm writing on paper, I'm going to ball it up, throw it away. I mean, oh no, that's trash. Oh, you know what? No, that's not good. Is there ever, is there such thing as a bad idea or a failed idea? I think there is. I mean, it just, I think it has to do with your personality and what you take from it. Usually a failed idea is just a, another chance to make it better. Um, I don't really ever feel like it's a failure. I think it's an improvement. You know, you just go in there. If it didn't work out, I just try harder. I try to see what else I have. I always have like this thing of like envisioning before like any event, like try to envision before and see, hey, how, you know, how is this going to set up? Is it going to look good? It's, is it, you know, is this, is this media item? Is it going to look nice on the projector? Is it going to expand correctly? So it's, I don't think it's a failed idea because we've had times where we make graphics that are super awesome and we have them on our computers. And since like our, our Mac books have such great, you know, displays when we actually project them up to the screen, it's like, man, that is so dark. Like that, to that was a fail, but you know, you adjust it and move forward with it. And I know you know, sometimes the pastors will turn around and be like, why is that so dark? Like what's going on back there? You know, and it's, I mean, it's a field that we now know that we have to go a little brighter, you know, but it's, I think it's just your mindset. It really has to do with that. For the most part, pastors, preachers, events, whoever's on stage in that moment, I think the last thing you're thinking about is what's on 
the screen behind you, unless you're going to you be using a pointer and turning around and, you know, addressing something on it. I, I think that you could probably put the craziest picture you could put back there. We won't even realize it. But in my case, when it comes down to creating uh, a sermon or preaching and teaching and creating content that way, a lot of times I can get a topic and I'll write it down and it doesn't necessarily come out for that specific week. And it's usually a spirit thing. It's usually spirit led, of course, but it doesn't always come out right there. And then I have a long list on my phone of like different topics and titles and things that uh, I feel that would probably be a good thing to talk about, but it doesn't always come out right there. And then is that the same thing with creativity? Is that the same kind of process where you could probably uh, take an idea and it didn't come out in the way that you thought, but you save it and then later it comes out in a different way? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> as far as graphics, I always save my graphic um, and I won't put a title on it and then I'll just go back and edit what I'm using. Um, I always save them. I think that's why I have a lot of storage. I even had to buy storage on my iCloud. Um, but yeah, I don't ever delete something because I can always go back and just retouch some things. If it's a title for a pastor and, you know, We have a special pastor coming in, a special uh, speaker. We'll just say, hey, you know, this graphic kind of looks good for his sermon, what he's preaching. Let's use it. And I don't think um, as far as, you know, us creatives, we don't throw things away. We can just always reuse it, you know, for the next the next time that we need it. Yeah, that's great. That that's a great practice. I would I would recommend to never throw anything away because you have no idea how that's going to come back to life in a different way. So is there ever an off day or is there ever a day where you're just not feeling it? You're just I I get to see you on a day-to-day basis and now probably even more than ever before. So I get to see how you work. I get to see the good days, the bad days. So take me a little bit through the process of what an off day looks like. So I'm a creature of habit or like routine. And so after working almost nine years in in an office setting, I had this like particular routine that I would follow. And so when I started to work from home and be home more, I had to find a whole different routine. And I think routine helps me be better. And so it's funny, but the days that I'm off, the the days that, you know, you wake up late and things just don't, you know, roll out the way that they're supposed to. It's just an off day naturally. So usually what I do is kind of reset, drink that coffee, you know, spend some time with the Lord and just like try to get my mind going, you know, usually a good shower and some coffee and just restart, you know, the day, you know, try to dress up a little bit, get ready for the day. That usually gets you out of like that funk of not you know, being able to create something or you're just blocked. And other times it's just, you know, it's just, you you just have to like get some fresh air and keep going. Jeremy, what does an off day look like for you? Well, um, I know there's something called a writer's block, um, but I think creatives, especially for graphics or creating an event, um, it's a creative block. Um, And has, As Debbie said, you know, sometimes we just have to refresh and hit restart. Um, I know as far for me, when I have an idea and I'm like, okay, I want to do this. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I don't want to do nothing. You know what I have to do? I have to get up and say, you know what? I'm going to shower. I'm going to get coffee. As Debbie said, 
um, I'm going to just refresh my mind. If I have to go, I have to go make something to eat. I find myself, um, I like to cook. So I like to cook and get my mind set off of everything. And then, okay, let's restart. Let's keep focusing. And then we'll restart and we'll start tomorrow. I see extreme creatives kind of like a high professional athlete or a high level athlete that performs on a week to week basis where an athlete is constantly training, constantly training their body, eating the right foods, keeping in shape, but you also have to rest. And the rest part is where the athlete recovers. Anybody that works out or is into weightlifting and training in the resting, and that's where the body rests and recovers. So is that the same thing with an extreme creative where you feel like you just have to recharge and it just kind of regroup and, and bring it back together? I think many creatives actually don't get a lot of sleep. Um, and I think that's why we do have a, a creative block uh, because sometimes the body needs, you know, hey, you need some sleep. You need to get your full eight hours of sleep and you need to eat properly. And yes, it does happen to us. Um, but I do think that the body does need to take some time off. And, you know, last year, 2021, I did find myself a lot of times not even eating dinner. Um, sometimes, you know, having four hours of sleep because I work a f eight to five job and then trying to get, you know, certain stuff done for church um, and trying to be creative at the same time. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. And I do think that um, we do have to get rest. Rest is very important. I think naturally as human beings, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. But do you find yourself putting a lot of pressure uh, to maintain a specific standard of excellence for yourself, like w what you expect? I think, I think we do. Like we, we have this, like we've did this much last time or like, like, for example, I got graphics, you know, you, you think like, man, I did this, you know, I can do better, you know? And it's, it's a practice skill. It's one of those things where like, I guess the more you practice, the easier it comes to you. And it's, it's hard because you, you do kind of expect yourself to do better and you have like this sort of like you can do better. You know, you give your, you, you're your worst critic, you know, you're the worst critic of yourself. And I'm always, you know, I, I show you most of the time I'll make something or do something. And I show him, I show Jay and I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, Oh, it's awesome. And I'm like, it's totally off. You know, I don't like it. And I, and I think that's what it is, is that we're our worst critics. Like we, we it's a double-edged sword and you know as much as we are proud of what we make we know we can do better you know so something that i'm really curious about there's self-pressure of what you expect for yourself and self-expectation and the standard of excellence to maintain but do you ever feel pressure from exterior and is there an exterior pressure that um that keeps you uh, doing what you do? I think yes. <laughs> um, as Debbie said, you know, we, we have a lot, a lot of pressure. And as humans, we keep that. We say, she said, we're our worst critics. Um, sometimes I do find myself putting myself really down and saying, you know what, Jeremy, you're the worst graphic designer. You're the worst, um, what is it? Um, event coordinator, or you can do anything like this. You're bad at events and you can't do this. And I think we put ourselves and we kind of down ourselves a lot, a lot. And I think 
um, many creatives do that too. Um, but yeah, I think we put ourselves a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you're on the extreme creative side, I feel like you're ramped up and you're revved up really high for a long period of time. And there's got to be an opposite end to that. There's got to be a moment where you're probably emotionally drained. Kind of take me through that process. And how do you how do you keep yourself from maybe quitting or just, you know, folding it all up and say, man, this is this is where as far as I go. Well, as far for me, um, I find myself um, getting other opinions and I kind of, you know, say, hey, Debbie, what do you think of this? Or, you know, I, I stated earlier, getting a second opinion honestly works. Um, also teaching others because then these people will tell you, hey, you know, you're really good at this. And uh, what is it? Um, they call it, um, sorry, my mind went blank. Um, they call it, um, is it constructive criticism? Yeah. yeah. That constructive, constructive criticism. Yeah. So we have, we have our, we have our own, you know, critics or, um, but also we have our fans, you know, of our, our of our graphics. Um, but it's good to, you know, have, you know, pump up your neighbor and say, Hey, you know, that actually looks good. A you good know, support system. A good support system. There you go. Um, for instance, we have, we're teaching someone right now um, how to do, you know, pro presenter and media and graphics. And they're saying, man, Jeremy, man, Sister Debbie, you guys are just, you know, a pro at it, or I don't know how to do that. And it, it, it makes us feel good because we know where we started and okay, you know, that that's pretty good. They're pumping us up and, you know, we can't let it get to our head because we're not the best of the best, but, you know, having that little support group will actually help you, um, Sometimes I find myself very emotional and super stressed and, you know, full of anxiety and like, oh, you know, I can't do it. And I pressure myself a lot. But, you know, sometimes having that good support system actually helps. It really, really does. That is great insight. Is creativity a God-given gift or do you feel that it is a skill that can be developed? I think it's a skill that it can be developed in... It just depends on the person and how, how, how much they envision. I think the more observant the person is, the more, um, the more the person can grow creatively. I, it is a gift. I, I've seen people say, you know what, I would never even think of, you know, making that or doing that. And I think it's a gift in the sense that you're a learner and I don't think you ever stop learning. And it's, it's this uh, will to keep learning. And so, I mean, that alone is, is it's, I say it's a gift because not everybody wants to learn, you know, all the time, but it's, it's also a skill that you can grow with. It, you can grow in, you know, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of observation, but you will grow into it. I felt like this topic was very important to talk about for a lot of reasons, you know, just simply because I feel like maybe that there's a lot of people that want to extend their creativity skill, or maybe they want to be able to be a part of that and can't find a way of how to start that. Or maybe they don't have access to someone that is, that they look up to that say, man, that person has it. I want to, I want to be able to be a part of that. So it comes naturally to some people, but not everyone. And that's fair to say, and that's okay. And you have to be okay with where you are, as long as you're continuing to learn and grow and, and putting the practice in, like you, you, 
you mentioned being able to envision something and make it come to life. So what would you say to somebody that is aspiring or is really trying everything they got? They're looking into resources. What do you, what do you tell someone that is trying to discover that skill? Well, first of all, I keep going because um, we all have a creative side and it's, everybody's creative side is different. Um, whether it's, you know, very small, really big. Um, but I think a lot of us do have a very creative side. Now, for them, I think the best advice for us to give them uh, would be keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. Um, whether people are telling you, you know, that that was not a good idea. You know, okay, well, thank you for the constructive criticism. Um, and keep going. Don't, don't worry about what people are going to tell you. Um, but find yourself, find yourself a good, you know, mentor as well. Find yourself a uh, good people that are going to help you out, you know, grow creatively. Um, look at people. There's people that will help you. You know, as we said in the beginning, look at ch different churches. If it's something for the church, an event, a party, a graphic, you know, if you feel like you're not up there, like certain people, hey, well, you're going to start from down here and you're going to keep moving up. And we all, we all will move up. One day we will move up, but we have to keep practicing. You know, you know, we have our mess ups, but keep pushing forward. Debbie, what would you tell someone? What would your response be if they come up to you and say, Sister Debbie, I want to be able to create like that. Or I want to be able to come up with ideas like that. That's, that's amazing. How did, how did you do that? What would your response be to someone that is aspiring like that and says that they want to be able to get to that level? I guess my response is I've had a few people tell me that, like, how did, you know, I, I wouldn't even have thought of that or I wouldn't even have done that. And I just say, keep trying. Like Jeremy said, don't give up and just keep trying because I think you, the closer you are to somebody that's creative, the more creative you will become. And it's, it's funny, but it's true. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you hang out with, you know, like fisher, fishermen and you eventually will catch on that trait of being a fisherman. You know, you hang out with, you know, musicians, you eventually learn to play something, you know. So it, I think it's just, you know, tag along with someone, just, you know, see their creative process, you know, try to think like how, how would they do it? You know, what would they do or what are they looking at? Or, you know, try to grab inspiration from something. But I would say just keep trying. Uh, eventually you will find something. And, and I was going back to the first question you said about, you know, where did it all start? And I remember, um, you know, I've done media and I've been with the kids and all these things, but I remember when we first got married, I started to play around baking cakes and I would have never thought that I could decorate a cake that would look similar to something you would buy, like, you know, through a professional bakery, you know, and it just, took a lot of time and a lot of mess. And believe me, most of the time my hands were full of ink, uh, food dye. And it, it just, it took a lot of practice, but eventually I was able to create, you know, what I thought of making a birthday cake. And now that's one of the things that I try to do for my boys is make their birthday cakes every year. And they, they've, the boys as well have kind of given me inspiration, but like it's, you just keep trying. And that's not something that I find uh, all that happiness in baking and doing stuff like that. And it's just, you move on. And if you, something doesn't bring you, you know, that spark of, of 
inspiration, you just kind of move on. But I say keep trying. There's different areas that you can be creative. And it's not just the ones that I'm creative in, not the ones that Jeremy's creative in. There's so many areas in the church and outside of church that you can be creative. And it's just finding your median, like finding what it is that it sparks that, you know, inspiration in you. I love that. I love that thought. And that leads me to the, the next question of how do you work well with other creatives? There's different views. There's different ideas. We've mentioned old school versus new school, and it's not really versus each other. It's just a, a very good blend and very good mix. So if you have a room of creatives, and this is something that we've talked about before, and we've been into uh, different meetings where we're trying to plan and because there's so many creative ideas just all of a sudden flowing, it, it turns into a, a creative session or a creative meeting instead of a planning. And then we go with that. We, we feed off of that and we start going with that and we start writing things down, even though they can't be developed right there and then. But how do you work well with other creatives and that have different ideas and different views? I think just having an open mind, um, having an open mind and saying, you know what, we're going to put away titles we're going to put away who we are and you know i'm going to say it, put away pride and all that and say you know what we're going to work as a team because sometimes creatives can say you know what i have more experience and i have more experience over here that doesn't matter we're a team you know there's no me you know it's it's us it's us at a team and having an open mind and i mean we've gone through so many events um this pa these past years um i know we've sat down and you said let's present this and what do you think about this? Um, I think this can change. I think we can do this. And, you know, you have an open mind and that's how you create an amazing event, an amazing graphic, even with, I mean, with media graphics, you can have two or three people working on a certain media, uh, media graphic and say, you know what, what do you think about this font? Does this look good? Does this video look good? Or should we change this? And having an open mind of changing a few things. Do you feel that there's space for everyone working with different ideas, different views, perspectives? There's got to be space for everyone, right? I believe there is. I mean, like Jeremy was saying, when you sit at a table with different people, everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different ideas and different, you know, goals. But the main thing that I try to do is you validate everyone. Hey, I see that, you know, and I, and I, I really like this. And I try to to be truthful, to like say something that you like before you say something that you don't like. And, you know, sometimes I've had ideas that I don't like. I'm in a, in a table and I think, man, I could have probably done something better. And that's probably very high on my horse kind of thinking, you know, and I, and I keep to, I keep that to myself because I say, if, if I don't give someone else the opportunity to try something or do something, then it's just always going to be me, you know, and that eventually gets tiring. And so I've had ideas that I'm not, you know, very fond of, but I say, Hey, you know what? We got to go with it because we got to grow. We all got to grow. And I think it just has to do with, you know, validate those ideas, give those people that chance so that they can grow from there. This has been very enlightening and I want to thank you both and appreciate you so much for your time today. And I want to give you an opportunity to close it out. Um, and, and if you want to say more about that space, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. I think going back to what Debbie said, giving, um, validating other people, um, you know, be, especially us as pastors and I'm a PK, um, 
if you don't let others give ideas, you're never going to find your creatives in the church. You know, you can, mm. you have to have people, you know, talk, speak up, give them an opportunity because you'll never find creative people in the church if you don't let them speak up when it comes to creatives, because yeah. then we'll have all the pressure on ourselves, especially for right. us as a pastoral family. When we started pastoring, we had to do everything. Yeah. Now, when we, you know, started opening the doors saying, hey, are you available for this? Let's, anybody can help out in a certain area. Can anybody do this? Then people say, hey, I think I have, you know, a creative side. Hey, I think I can do this. If you open the opportunity and say, hey, we need, you know, five creatives, people that are going to help with graphics, people that are going to help with the media, people that are going to help with Facebook Live or anything like that, then you have the opportunity of helping, you know, people grow in the creative way. So I think opening the opportunity and letting people grow, you know, and saying, hey, you know, you have the green light. Let's let's use you using people, because if not, especially as pastors, we saw, you know, we had to do everything. So letting people, you know, come up and say, hey, I want to do this and letting them say, hey, I want to do this. That that's very big. And I think I think that's something that's very amazing, um, letting people speak up and show their creative side. I love that. I love that idea because that's the key. That has to be the key to developing other people, giving them a space to grow, giving them a platform to say, hey, you know, handle this, take care of this and giving them the opportunity, the proper feedback, the proper support system, all the things that we wish we had early on and the things that probably you know that you deal with, the ups and the downs and being that support system for the next person. I love that idea. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you both for the time. I want to thank you both for everything that you do. And I think I really truly mean that I, I see and admire everything that you both do, not only for the church, but for the family and for everything that you're a part of, because that inspires me that uh, that's really something that I wish that I could do. You know, my hands are full with other areas, but I'll leave the creative stuff to you guys. If I need, if I need something, if I got something, an, an idea in my head, I, I completely, you know, leave it in your hands and I trust y'all with it. But what would you say, and I'll close it out with this, what would you say to someone who finds themselves stagnant, maybe even discouraged with their ideas? Talk to the, talk to the uh, experienced creator that probably already put the gloves up. They find themselves stagnant, discouraged, and probably have already quit. What would you say to that experienced person? I think I would say um, put those gloves back on. You know, pray about it, ask God to bring that creative side back um, and put those gloves back on because every church needs a creative, any, you know, um, job site needs a creative, any, you know, photographer, uh, graphic designer, we need people. Um, and for any person that's listening to this and, you know, you said, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't want to do it. Why? And ask yourself, why did I stop doing this? And I encourage you to keep pushing forward, you know, pray about it, ask God to say, hey, ask God, hey, you know, give me back my creative side that you've given me because it is a gift. You know, he, he has given us a gift and everybody has a creative gift and um, keep pushing forward. Don't, don't put that aside and um, don't, don't let anything get in the way of it and keep pushing forward. Teach others. If you don't want to do it and you say, hey, I want to, you know, expand my creative side by teaching others, teach someone. There's a lot of young kids that are very um, knowledgeable in a lot of, 
you know, um, programs now. I mean, two-year-olds, three-year-olds already know how to work an iPad. So um, I think by teaching others and keep pushing forward, um, yeah, keep pushing forward. I was just saying, yeah, like Jeremy said, you know, probably get a cup of coffee, take a break, walk, you know, think about what it is that, you know, probably made you feel that you don't have it or that you have to quit. I mean, I've had plenty of situations where, you know, I was probably not fit for, you know, this one thing or you know, I was probably overlooked. My idea was overlooked, but there's really you know, for every, for every season, there's a, for every time and for every season, there's a, there's a creative person for every season, for every time, I guess that's what I want to say. And so maybe you're not fit for this moment. Maybe your idea didn't go as planned this time, but it's okay because, you know, you're building up to something. And believe me, I've seen so many people never grabbed a camera, you know, a professional camera, and then they become like one of the best photographers, you know, in, in that we know of some people, you know, saw someone. And I remember, you know, before Jeremy started with his camera, I had a little Nikon camera and I would, you know, take pictures of them. And then eventually he started to take pictures and he was by far way better than I could have ever done anything with my little Nikon. And, you know, it's just, you know, there's different things. And, and I like to think that you surround yourself with people that are creative and eventually you'll have your own thing. Like, you know, maybe he didn't catch on to like the baking. I mean, he loves to cook and bake and stuff. And now with his coffee, I, you know, we love coffee. And so it's, it's funny, but you know, you just, you surround yourself with these type of people and eventually you'll grow from, you'll grow, grow, you will go from there. This has been so insightful and I really appreciate all of the insight and the things that you both have shared today and i think we're gonna have to do a part two we still have to talk about tiny dapper we still have to talk about bear coffee but we're gonna leave that for part two for another day hey i want to thank you for joining us today i hope this was insightful for you i had a lot of fun talking to these two extreme creatives i hope that you're inspired today i hope that you can pick up the gloves again and don't quit just like these two extreme creatives they continue going continue striving continue learning and growing for more thank you for joining us today if this has been helpful to you please share it post about it and that would mean so much to us if you want care to leave a review care to rate it i, I would really really appreciate that and thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on the next one